warning. This episode is rated fucked up for profanity, sexual violence, and potentially disturbing material. Don't be a bitch. The file just started on Brandy laughing hysterically. That being said, welcome back, witches, to the Macabre Academy. It's Macabre Monday. Nice to see ya. Or hear ya. Whatever. We're here. You know what's nice is, I don't know if you girls were on the Twitter yet, but there's a couple people having conversations with me, like, briefly. And they're really nice. Like, somebody's like, man, I just got fries and a shake. And I'm like, can I please has? And he said, sure. I (laughs) I was impressed with that one. There was a girl who wanted a bumblebee, like, tattoo. And I was sh- I sent her my moth, stuff like that. So I'm Cute. I'm I really want for us to be interactive with the listeners. So I really, really, really want Ian's to use the social media because we're very accessible because we're very small. Okay, I'm in. All right, I'll get better at it. Yeah, if well, you get mean comments. It's definitely me because I'm a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, nine times out of ten. You get me <laughs> when we're on social media. And right now, the I think my favorite posts are the ones where they were um, abuse survivors because a lot of people in quarantine are locked in with their abusers. Yeah. And so there's a lot of love on Twitter for those kind of people. And because I'm a survivor of domestic abuse and Dex has had her trials and tribulations as well, to my knowledge, that you know I'm just trying to send that love back out into the universe as well. So that being said, truth. 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 Okay. So we're going to start out on some fun facts here. So, um, killing Nazis. No, actually, we're not going to start with Nazis. We're going to start with my twin brother, Justin, who's not a Nazi. (laughs) He is not. He's a U.S. Marine. So, core. It's core. It's corpse. no, it's, corpse. it's definitely corpse from now on. <laughs> no. <laughs> the marine corpse. No, they're core. <laughs> well, fun fact for you. The fact that I have a brother means we're fraternal twins. And uh, I feel like everybody's come across twins in their life. Did you guys know a set of twins growing up at all? No. Yeah, my cousins. But I want to be a twin. Me too. You might have been a twin. I don't think I was a twin. Well, here's the fun part. If right? I know Brandy, she ate her twin. Yeah. I yeah. would eat my twin. <laughs> 100%. There's this thing called a vanishing sim- twin syndrome. So like a one in eight pregnancies begin with twins, but only one in 70 actually produce twins. So the mother's body either absorbs the embryo or you, the other baby, absorbs the embryo. But not vanishing oh, twins. I definitely would have eaten my twin oh yeah i find it unlikely that i would have been a twin as they do not run in my family oh no twins and triplets run in my family so like if i ever get pregnant like i'm fucked well i have some factors Uh for you that help produce twins you ready so if you are a twin yourself you are four more times likely to produce twins also being over the age of 30 can increase your odds of extra eggs at ovulation for more twins And weirdly enough, this is my favorite one. If a woman consumes 
a lot of dairy products, they're five times more likely to conceive twins than a vegan. Me. Oh. All I eat is cheese. <laughs> like, I eat cheese and drink milk right out of the carton because milk, milk is like is the disgusting. most delicious thing yeah, on the you're planet. You're gross. You're nasty. I'm also a cottage cheese fan. I have that every morning with my coffee. Chunky cheese? Chunky uh, fucking no. cheese. You're out. No. <laughs> no. I'm an old lady, though, so that's my breakfast. It makes me like, want to vomit. I'll eat ricotta cheese, but no. you will never catch me eating cottage cheese because cottage cheese looks like pus. I won't eat ricotta cheese either because of the chunkiness. Well, I eat ricotta cheese because it's like lasagna or death. No, I won't eat it. I won't. I'll eat all the noodles out of a lasagna before I eat the cheese. You guys just went so far off topic. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Yes. The lasagna. I'm like, great. So, okay. So, like, I got these facts and figures on twins, right? Ethically. Right? So, um, it's You didn't seems- do unethical studies? I did not. But twins are notorious yeah. for unethical studies. There are countless ethic violations when it comes to testing the, the, the limits of twins. I mean, can I do experiments on you and your brother? Let's not. <laughs> I'm in. We're going to lock you in a basement. No. No, no, no. <laughs> and, and after this, the information I have for you, because of course on Macabre Academy, we have to look at the worst of the worst twin experiments. So yeah. 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 So you know what that means. What else would we do? We're morbid as fuck and we're fucked up. Nazis! Yeah, Nazis. Yeah. 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 So we're looking at Dr. Joseph Mengele for time fucking sake. We're looking at his twins experiments because that's what he's most noted for. So if you know nothing about World War II because you're either young or you lived under a rock. It's my favorite. I'm not going to lie to you. Are you French Revolution. No, wars and then serial killers. Like, that's it. No, I'm with you because I I watched a lot of documentaries on History Channel about world wars, especially because Hitler, I think, was just so out there with his love of the occult and shit. And we like the occult. So World War II is particularly, like, it it intrigues me. And then I love Gettysburg. I like, I honeymoon in Gettysburg. So the Civil War is, like, very interesting. I want to go to Gettysburg. Can we take a weekend trip? Yeah. Yes. We're going to work on these things. In fact, I know I'm, I'm so happy. I know a tour guide in Gettysburg and I might pray that she comes on the podcast to interview her because she's amazing, but I'm not going to drop names until I talk to her. But all right, let's, let's get into the meat of the material. Let's yes. All right. Nazis. All right. Nazis. So from nay, nay, nay? fucking up and I'm, <laughs> I'm five minutes in guys. Proud of you. Hot mess express. <laughs> Buses to hell and hot mess expresses. <laughs> yeah, is that one a train? Yes. I think it's a train. Yeah, it's definitely a train. <laughs> we don't have the Hogwarts Express. We have the hot mess express, and I drive it <laughs> to the Macabre Academy. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's. Okay. Take two. From May 1943 until January 1945. Nazi doctor Josef Mengele worked at Auschwitz conducting pseudo-scientific medical experiments. Many were conducted exclusively toward young twins. So he was anxious to make a name for himself, so he searched the secrets of heredity. The Nazi idea of the future would benefit from the helps of genetics, according to Nazi doctrine. 
So this is the entire premise. Uh, If a so-called Aryan woman could consistently and reliably produce twins that were blonde and blue eyes through like genetic engineering and shit, the future could be saved. They can fix the race. They can naturally select for Aryans and, and run over, you know, run the population up with Aryans. And his imagination absolutely knew no bounds. And he was young as fuck when he was in Auschwitz. He was 32 when he was dubbed the angel of death. 32. Wow. So he was a year younger Goals. than me. That's, right? that's two years older than me. <sighs> I'm not going to lie. That's a lot of years older than me. <laughs> Like almost ten. I love that I keep dating myself, the old lady. It's seven. I did math. Are you <laughs> proud of me? I'm so proud of you. <laughs> okay, so the main source of my material, again, not sponsored, is Audible because I listen. We to love sh- Audible. I do. I I like making my little happy cakes with little happy bunny butts on it, and then I'm listening to Joseph Mangala. That's just how my brain works. Oh, see, I'm stabbing chickens through the head while I listen to Audible. <laughs> You and Dex. Listen, oh I'm her boss. It's what we do. Okay. Yes. So the book this week, ladies, is not a burnable book. It's a good book. It's Mangala, The Complete Story by Gerald L. Posner and John Ware. It's a little dry, just a little bit, because like 30% is Auschwitz and, and his background, and then 70% of him is after Auschwitz. And like he's on the run. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I'm trying not to jail. do a spoiler. I'm not going to do this. If you don't know, I'm not going to tell you because it's That's a spoiler fine. alert. So I you can think he's in jail. Oh, no. Okay, I think he's in jail. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk about how Mengele ended up at Auschwitz. So the Germans called it the KZ, which is short for Konzentrationslager, which is concentration camp in German. And I might have butchered it, but I feel pretty strong about having a sexy accent while I did it. I am so proud of that, you. That wasn't bad. Yeah, right? I can't speak English, let alone German. <laughs> okay. So the Mangala family owned a foundry that produced farm equipment. So they were incredibly well off. Joseph was the eldest son, and he was supposed to succeed his father in the business. But Mangla's ambitions were to be fucking famous, just like the kids today want to be like Insta famous, YouTube famous. He wanted to be famous. I want to be famous. I think you're going to be famous someday, Brandy. I swear to Please God, with make the shit me that comes out of your face. <laughs> <laughs> I'll either be famous or in jail, <laughs> or both. No, I would not last in jail. Yeah, are you serious? I, th- I could just see you cutting a bitch, and then she would cut me back and kill me. <laughs> She's like, my bark is worse than my bite. (laughs) Okay, so Mangala used to boast to his school friends that they would one day read his name in an encyclopedia. Yeah, that happens. He wasn't wrong. No, he knew this was coming when he was in elementary school. So young Yosef in high school loved art, like loved it. He actually wrote and produced and starred or something in a play when he was in high school. And he loves music. Like, he loved, like, the band and shit. But it was thanks to his high school teachers to steer him away to the arts and more towards the sciences. Because he proved to have an aptitude for biology, zoology, physics, natural philosophy, and anthropology. So he thought, okay, I'm going to graduate high school. I want to be a dentist. That's some money. 
right? Like I'm going to get rich doing that. That's not the money. No, he, yeah, he figured that out. It was too limited. So he thought, let's maybe land on anthropology and human genetics because maybe being a famous scientist might suit me better. So if those high school teachers had not intervened, Mangala might've been a famous playwright. Nah. Nah. You, you can you find that a lot that there's like, I think a couple coincidences of that happening with Hitler as well. Mm, yeah. They're, they're, they're broken artists. They're all fucking trash. <laughs> Guys, I'm the only one drinking, and I'm sorry. I'm still like I'm still buzzing from the bottle and a half of wine I drank earlier today. I was gonna Whatever. say, me and her got me and her got pretty fucked up. Well, I did not, and now I'm the only one drinking. You're catching up. That's all that is. Yeah. Okay, so 1930s, Mangala found himself at Munich Univer- Munich University. At this time, the city was being riddled with racist doctor. What? What? I love that it's called Munich. <laughs> it's Munich. Munich. Well, it sounded like you said Munich because I'm like, that's great. Enunciate. You enunciate. Okay. So he's in Munich. And it was riddled with racist doctrines from Hitler's National Socialist German Workers Party, which is a fucking mouthful. They need to make that shorter. So, like, when he wasn't in school, he would hang out at these bars and all these people would, like, praise him for running his mouth, right? Because he openly ridiculed German politicians in Berlin for accepting Germany's humiliating defeat in World War I. So he's like, fuck those guys. And everybody's like, yeah, you keep saying that shit. We like hearing it. So he found it, he felt, okay, so he was notoriously racist. He felt that Jews were the problem and pro-extermination of their entire fucking race. Nazism inspired him to help determine how to give the Aryans a leg up on like racial domination. And he felt it difficult to stand aside and, and, and not help. So he's like, okay, I'm going to do this shit poor thing so i'm going to i'm i'm going to get involved this is a cause that's worthy of my time so he joined the pre-nazi stalinhelm which was like pomp and circumstance like rotc where you just okay, march around cool. in like a uniform shiny uniform and like look at me i'm being pro germany yeah this is awesome yeah, cuz you're fucking trash yeah well at this point his family was already balls deep into nazism in fact they were like sucking nazi cock for money they realized I, mean, I get that, it. Yeah, it was more profitable for the family business to get on the Nazi bandwagon. And Hitler himself even gave a speech about farming at the Mangala family factory. Ew. There. So Mangala, he's in school and he's studying anthropology and paleontology as well as medicine. And he really wanted to know the origins of man rather than helping man. So he wasn't using medicine to try to cure people he was trying to use it as a lens to solve scientific questions so this really fell fed into his interest in evolution now nazism found darwinism super fucking attractive because it helped them promote their bullshit basically it became fashionable to say hey these fuckers are genetically inferior they needed weeded out you know like uh natural selection would have knocked them out anyway so let's just give them a help helping hand to get them out of the way. 
So it's called the unworthy life theory. So it's how like Mangala was fed this and he goes, okay, I can look at a real life fucking person and think lab rat. You have like zero remorse because you think that that person is not worth anything and nature would have killed them anyway because they're inferior. So like, is he wrong though? Yes. He thought this I about, mean, like, he thought this about everything. Okay, so like, I'm not saying like an entire race of people, but like, there are just some people that are so stupid that like they just gotta go. Well, listen to this. Okay, so like in that's 19, 19- that's why Darwinism will take care of them, hopefully before they breed. No, they'll always breed first. That's how we get anti-vaxxers. <laughs> Sorry. That's because they're too stupid not to figure out to stop sticking the peg in the hole. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm trash. They know who they think they should wipe out. Like, I'm about to read you the list of who they decided was inferior. It's probably I bet me. you there's parts of my personality on that list. All oh, of yeah. me. Ready? Hi, I'm trash. Okay. So doctors at universities, like doctors in the 30s, said that these were the lives devoid of value. These were people who were feeble-minded. Your anti-vaxxers is fine. You can put them there. Um, (laughs) Schizophrenics, manic depressives, people with epilepsy, people with blindness, people who were deaf, people who were deformed, people who were suffering from Huntington's disease, like my mother is right now, and then even people who were alcoholics me okay so like i'm on that list and that's not (laughs) fair well they thought at the same time maybe it's okay well they they thought that if they could wipe out all these people they would improve the quality of the german race these people were bringing the germans down so if you were german and you have these things it's cool you could be dead okay so like no but like some of those things maybe they just like shouldn't have been able to like breed anymore but they do that though they they take these people down the road and remove their ability to have children against their will. I mean, if you're epileptic, they decide no, that that's you're in fair. life and now you can't reproduce. So they take your reproductive organs. Okay. So like, that's fair, but that's like, not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> no, you can't have no. kids because you have epilepsy. No, I mean like, that's fair. That that's not okay. <laughs> I meant that it's not fair. That it's okay. But like my one sister should have been sterilized. She should not have made the 10 children that she made. Because, like, now they all have the same, like, mental health problems. And, like, there are so many things wrong with those kids. And that's just not fair. Yeah, but at the same time, I shouldn't exist. I'm the second egg. So when they dated the, the, the fetuses between me and my brother, I was the fluke. I was a week smaller than my brother. Right. But, like, oh, so I should know. According to that saying, like, I should not be here. I am a fluke. Okay, no. What I'm saying is, like, if you have, like, with me, if you have that many mental health problems or that many, like, health issues. Genetic health issues. Yes, like, genetic things where, like, do I probably have cancer? Yeah, I probably have, like, ovarian and breast cancer right now, even though they said that my tumors weren't cancerous. Do I probably have brain problems? Yes. But... Do I think that I should reproduce? No. Well, my mother has Huntington's disease and they don't think people with Huntington's disease should reproduce. And she did. Okay. So like, that's not fair because that not everyone's going to get. No, 50% shot. It's a 50% shot uh, uh, of having it. And, and, and actually my family encouraged me 
uh, every time I got pregnant, because I wasn't tested for Huntington's disease, to have my kids tested. And if they were Huntington's disease, my family actually told me to terminate the pregnancy. Okay, no, that's fucked up. Yeah, it's fucked but up. But, like, I just know the struggles that my sister's kids have gone through. Oh, And, yeah. like, that their kids are now going through, where the one is literally on a ventilator for the rest of his life, and he's three years old. Like, that that's not sense. okay. Like, do you know what I mean? That's where I'm like, no, some people should just not be allowed to have kids. Yeah, but ethically playing God and deciding who does, like it's who wrong. gets to make that call. I know. It's wrong. So the and Germans that's why I'm fucked up. Well, yeah, but the Germans decided to make the call too. So they're like, okay, we're gonna do this for other people. We're gonna play God. And these genocidal programs like only escalated from there. In fact, before Hitler's final solution, the first thing they did was go into these mental hospitals and start wiping them out, just killing the people. And I think what gets that's not right. Well, that's what they did. If you were drooling and on a ventilator, you were gone, dead. I mean, yeah. But, but like, what sucks is, is Hitler is in college during all this. Now, I don't, you're, you're, you're at my age when I was in college. And I keep thinking of how impressionable I was when I was in college. Mm-hmm. You know, everything they told me. Now, I studied world religions. So my lens got shaped by Buddhism and Native American lifeways and Christianity and Judaism and all of these religions that I studied helped feed my 20-year-old mind into how to look at the worlds in a different paradigm than how Mangala is being prepped. Right. So it's frustrating to me because I know that you can brainwash somebody in college very easily. (laughs) Yeah. If you're unethically doing it and they're doing it with Hitler's propaganda, basically. So I have narrowed it down to one particular asshole's fault on how Mangala wound up in Auschwitz. I blame one man. You ready? Mm -hmm. 1937, Mangala was appointed as a research assistant for the Third Reich's Institute for Heredity, Biology, and Racial Purity at the University of Frankfurt. So this position landed him on Europe's foremost geneticist, Professor von Vischer. And I know I didn't say that right, but- It sounded good. Thank you. Um, this asshole, all right, devoted his time to twin research. This is what fed Mangala's interest into twins because he had zero fucking interest until he came to work for von Vischer. That's fine. And then he also like was like in love with Hitler. Publicly uh, would get on the soapbox about how much uh, Hitler is our Lord and Savior, and he basically is recognizing the importance of genetic and racial hygiene. And this is who Mangala comes to study over. So they have like, Mangala gets there. He's such this hardworking, devoted student that they have like this serious bromance. And Mangala is now von Vischer's best student. In fact, this professor had Mangala declared a medical doctor before he actually passed the medical doctor tests. That's bullshit. Yeah, and he also got Mengele appointed specifically in Auschwitz down the road because he was the wartime director for the Wilhelms Institute of um, Human Hereditary Genetics in Berlin. So he secured funds for Mengele's experiments in Auschwitz. And then while Mengele was doing these experiments, he since von Vischer was paying for them, he would send him all of his largely worthless research on a selection, engineering, and purifying their race. He would even send samples along with it. So you can thank Von Vischer. 
Is he dead now? Von Vashore? Yeah, he was an old fucker. So he's, oh, good. he's gone. So Mangala gets to Auschwitz. He's given money and he says, figure out how to make our race pure and clean. Right. So little reminder about Auschwitz. All right. I have to frame this to explain Mangala is uh, you could smell the stench of burning flesh when you arrived by train. And this camp stretched for miles. It was surrounded with barbed wire and housed living 140,000 prisoners at a time. There were five crematoriums and gas chambers, and they made work of 1.1 to 1.5 million people to death, went through those. Um, On a clear day, that black smoke could be seen for 30 miles. This concentration camp was so efficient, they could kill 9,000 people in 24 hours. In fact, uh, the- No. Yeah. This is where Mangala went to work. Good plan. Good yeah. Plan. The, the quote on the door, if you don't remember, is Arbeit mach frei, which work sets you free. Now, Mangala has a lot of personal journals, and he even wrote his own fucking autobiography. So <laughs> that's kind of narcissistic. Yeah. He was, right? a, he was a big narcissist. So when he <laughs> got to this camp, right, this is what he saw. But his journal says, I fucking love that prisoner band, man. They're really good. And, uh, oh, yeah, those inmates getting flogged? That was interesting. You know, I think I'm going to get a new coat. And you know what? That festive meal I had with my officers had just, like, the most excellent beer. That's what his journal said about Auschwitz. And everything that him and his family wanted was provided to him. He he got spoiled in Auschwitz. He had a garden with inmates, uh, Jewish inmates, tending the garden he had fresh blackberries with breakfast. They would go swimming. There was even a fucking brothel to satisfy the SS officers in Auschwitz. So, like, I would have poisoned them. You know what's crazy, too, is, like, the journals say that he was, like, I'm vain as fuck. So he used to, like, according to the journals, he would stand in front of this mirror, butt-ass naked, admiring the smoothness of his skin. And he actually refused to get a standard... SS officer tattoo of his blood type. Oh, that is right. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't have that tattoo. And what's funny is, is he was not Aryan at all. In fact, he had a gap in his front teeth. And even though he's considered attractive, he looked more like a gypsy than an Aryan. So he had like this incredible work ethic too. So when he got there, he would go above and beyond, right? So he's like, okay, I'm here. Give me everything that I can possibly do. So he took on extra responsibilities while he was at Auschwitz while all the other officers were like doing the bare minimum. So if you calculate all these things, he's thriving. And because he's so dedicated, he was one of the first people you would see getting off the cattle car coming to Auschwitz. He would hang out like diligently on these ramps for arriving trains, scoping out the incoming inmates. And he would pick which ones were meant to go to work and which ones were going to die. And he did this by just pointing, right? Or left. And so he's literally choosing, okay, you live, you die, you live, you die. And while he's doing this, he's whistling some of his favorite classical music from composers like Wagner. So like, he, do we think there's a special place in hell for him? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like little Nicky, he's getting a pineapple shoved up his ass daily. Yes! Hmm. What? you never seen little Nicky? He's never seen little Nicky. I'm sorry. You're a baby. I'm a child. You are. <laughs> 
Okay, so God damn it. These selections were made by other SS doctors as well, but he was only one of two of them that could do it sober. All the other ones had to drink to get it oh, done. So there's a special place on hell for him. Mm-hmm. Now, the only time this like icy exterior of right, left, right, left would be broken is when he would start shouting, Zvilinga, Zvilinga, Zvilinga. Twins, twins, twins. He would shout. He would get real excited, like my fucking dogs when Dex walks through the door. Okay? <laughs> like, he, yay, twins, 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 yay. And he'd go fucking running. So I have testimony from, a, from the U.S. Army. Somebody said that, quote, several times we noticed the hypocritical manner in which the grim Dr. Mangala treated women and children alighting from the train. Madam, take care. Your child will catch cold. Madam, you are ill and tired after a long journey. Give your child to this lady and we will f- you will find it later in the children's nursery. On these days, he was in a good mood, treating in a friendly manner the people whom he sent to death and who were often reduced to smoke five or six hours after their arrival. No. Mm-hmm. If the kids getting off the train were not of any use to him, he used to walk them on their last walk playing a game called On the Way to the Chimney. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. That's so fucked. Mm-hmm. He was so desperate to find trin- tr- tr- these twins that he would be at the rail selections even when it wasn't his turn. And he seemed like he was like there night and day. And he would bargain with SS doctors to set his twins aside. His twins. <sighs> so the life of the twins in Auschwitz, um, I have some eyewitness accounts that aren't just from my book. They're from like thoughtco.com too. So once you were selected as a twin subject, right, you, you were going to get processed. So the benefit of being a twin was, is you got it good. All right. You got to keep your clothes. Your hair wasn't shaved off. Um, You still had a unique ID number tattooed in your skin, but they had their own barrack. It was 14 Camp F in Beer Canal. And Mangala nicknamed it the zoo. They were given pretty hygienic conditions, reasonably comfortable beds, and uh, Mangala treated them like priceless objects, and he wanted to nurse them back to health before he experimented on them. And if you were one of these kids, your day would start at like 6 a.m. So they would pull you out of bed and shove you outside of the barracks regardless of inclement weather. And then Mangala himself would perform a physical inspection. And the kids actually liked Mangala. They would refer him to him as Uncle Mangala because he would give out confections and chocolates and even play games with the young children to get them to trust him. He would go out of his way to be gentle and mask his intentions for these kids. Fucker. Yeah. Uh, they also made exceptions for Mangala's twins. So they were spared selections. They were even given classes and they were allowed to play soccer. Um, they also the officers were refrained from punishing these kids as well. That was until the trucks would haul them away to hospital B2F to become these human test subjects. Twins of all ages were included with Jewish children, dwarves, and cripples in this hospital, and they were all slated for experimentation. It was hard to determine exactly how many twins he used, but on standby for testing, for an example of scale, on any given day, there would be 200 sets of male twins held in the ready. Just males? Just males. Jesus. Now, his laboratory... I don't want to be a twin anymore. 
Well, you want, you want to hear about efficiency, okay? So his laboratory was built into crematorium two at Bear Canal, which was very convenient for getting the newly gassed corpses. It also sported highly stylish red concrete floors with marble dissection tables and several sinks. Uh, one even had nickel tabs, but there was a very peculiar decoration in this laboratory, and I'll get to it in a minute. Experiments. This is the rough shit. Right here. This is this is where I struggle. Ooh, I'm going to like this. So the kids were subjects of top secret studies. So they had no idea what was being done to them or why. So they're getting tortured with zero explanation oh, no. from Uncle Mangala, who they trust. No. So every single experiment subject was forced to strip naked and be measured. So all of the externals, to external features would be compared between twins, and this would take hours. They did have like the latest in Swiss measuring equipment, but one assistant doctor measured 250 pairs of twins' facial features alone before they sent to Mangala's intense scrutiny before they were tortured. So I picture him sitting there measuring genitalia at that point, too. Like, he's comparing twins' genitals to twins' genitals. But, like, with you and your brother, like, would he have tried to compare that, too? Because, like, it's different parts. He wanted fraternal twins, too. So, I mean, there's facial similarities between me and Justy. Right. But, like... We're both blonde blonde hair and blue eyes. So the fact that we're both fraternal twins and we had the Aryan, we would have been very attracted to him. So about the blue eyes. So the name of the game, right, was trying to figure out how to give Germans blue eyes. They wanted Aryan blue. Mengele's answer was to inject children's eyeballs with chemicals, pigments, and shit that would cause extreme pain, infections that were sometimes caused temporary or permanent blindness. But did it change the color? Well, no. They didn't figure it out. Then it's not worth it. Yeah, 36 children in one barracks were used for a particular round of eye testing, and afterwards they were all gassed because they were useless. Now, I have two eyewitness accounts from this. The first one comes from a Jewish inmate doctor visiting the gypsy camp in Bear Canal, and he says, and I quote, I saw a wooden table. On it were samples of eyes. They each had a number and a letter. The eyes were very pale yellow to bright blue, green, and violet, splayed out on the table. The second account comes from Vera Kriegel, Kriegel, yeah, from the Twins of Auschwitz on BBC News. She basically was reflecting on her time when she was there at five years old with her twin sister, Olga. Mangla took particular interest in these two sisters because their mother had the Aryan traits but she and her sister did not. And she remembers this decoration in his laboratory. And I quote, I looked at a whole wall of human eyes, a wall of blue eyes, brown eyes, green eyes. These eyes were staring at me like a collection of butterflies and I fell down to the floor. I thought I was dead and already living in hell. Yo. Mm-hmm. No. Eyeballs pinned to the wall. No. Like butterflies. This is not okay. These poor children. Well, these particular sisters were kept in a wooden cage and given back injections as well. And they also, like, she felt uh, that this was also trying to change her eye color. 
So I know what it's like to have needles in your eyes. No. As a child. Does it burn like a bitch? Because they put like chemicals. Um, so thankfully I had an ethical doctor and he numbed my eyes, but it's still like a really freaky thing to be awake and have a needle stuck into your eye. Well, I mean, I had LASIK and I couldn't see what was being done to my eyes, if that makes sense, even though I was like staring, but I could like afterwards when the numbing drops fell off, they had peeled the top layer of my cornea off to correct the under layers with the LASIK. And that burned like a fucking bitch. So I could, yeah. that would have felt like it had my eyes not been numbed. Yeah. So like getting, getting injections is uncomfortable. Um, the most uncomfortable thing I specifically remember, cause my whole eye history has been, just been a lot of pain. <laughs> um, stitches stitches in your eyeball suck especially whenever every time you blink they scratch your eyelid oh my god it's very uncomfortable i'm uncomfortable listening to it i feel Most so people bad usually are i thought you were geared up for these experiments brandy you look like you're gonna die i know she's like about to cry i'm just like picturing these poor children looking at oh it gets these- worse you guys aren't letting me get to the worst shit it gets worse from it's here. okay I was going to say, I think she heard twins and did think young twins. Oh, they're babies. I didn't. I thought, like, my age. No. And, like, I could deal with my age dealing with this shit. Like, I can't deal with, like, toddlers. Oh, Toddlers are not okay. It gets worse. It gets worse. Okay, I'm ready. I'm going to Take a drink. Take a drink. I'm already drunk. I'm just going to cry. Vera and Olga, like other twins, right, received these agonizing, mysterious shots. In particular, he liked to give these kids Noma disease bacteria, which causes an infection in the mouth and genitals that turns into terrible boils and are subject to gangrene. Ugh. It also caused fever. Dope. Dope. Well, some of the twins died, and then others would get spinal taps with no anesthesia. And- oh, no. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I, no, no. I thought no. getting the needle in my spine for an epidural was bad enough, but these are spinal taps. Listen, no, you don't, no, you don't need that. You don't need that in your life. Well, these twins, oh. right, like, okay, so they're perfect for experimenting on because one could act as the control and one could act as the experiment, right? No. Oh, yeah. That's what Mangala thought. Like, I got two of the exact same thing and I can give They're one. not the exact same. They're going to be different in some way. Well, he decided that it was it was like having perfect lab rats, okay? Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, Great. he would give one typhus or tuberculosis just to compare to the one who didn't. And if one died of, na- of natural causes, the other one was murdered so that they could both be dissected side by side. This Vera woman, she is 70 years old and she still fucking has nightmares. From this. Did her did her sister die? No, they both lived. Oh my god, okay. But the, I would have nightmares. Oh my they, god. For some reason whatever they were sh- they were injected with didn't kill them. So Mangala kept them around for a little while. <sighs> so um and that was enough until the camp was liberated. So they got to live on with their lives. So if they hadn't have been in these experiments though, they would have been gassed. They would have died. Yeah. I mean, that might have been better. Well, I don't know. There are worse things than death. 
Well, it gets worse. I'm still trying yeah, to get there. But like, so like these women lived. Yeah. They were able to tell their story. They were able to like help prosecute this fucker. Well, it gets. You don't know that. It gets I worse. Hope so. It gets Fuck worse. You. Let me get. Let me get this out because there's a lot here. Okay. I still Hang think there, he's like. in jail. Okay. So crude surgeries. So he would give no anesthesia, no zydrate, no nothing. So he would, while somebody was alive and and still feeling everything, remove organs, do lumbar punctures, castrations, sterilization, and needless amputations. In one case, he tried to sew living twins together, a set of toddler boys, to try to create Siamese twins, but they didn't live past a couple of days. And this isn't the only time he did this. There's an eyewitness account from one of the times that he did this. And it comes from uh, Vera Alexander. So I'm going to read her account of the Siamese twin creations. (sighs) One day, Mangala brought chocolates and special clothes. The next day, SS men came and took the children away, Tito and Nino. One of them was a hunchback. Two or three days later... An SS man brought them back in a terrible state. They had been cut. The hunchback was sewn to the other child back to back. Their wrists were back to back too. There was a terrible smell of gangrene and the cuts were dirty and the children cried every night. So at this point, did we not understand blood types? Nope. Okay. That's all I needed to ask. Oh, yeah. So if they don't have the same blood type, that's not going to work. No matter what you try. They died. They didn't like yeah, he sewed two people together probably and attacked them. Yep. Died. Um, there's another set of twins that he did a crude surgery on the vocal cords. He was trying to figure out why one brother could sing very, very, very well and why the other one couldn't. So on the good set of vocal cords, because he wanted German Aryans to sing well, he permanently impaired this person's speech. So they lost all use of their vocal cords until the 80s when they had a microphone implanted for the robo voice. Weirdly enough, that same technology was invented by the Germans. I believe it. Mm-hmm. So Mangala, according to the audiobook, also put twins through electroshock treatments just to test their endurance. One account uh, said that there were eight children brought to him. And with the assistance of three or four other doctors or assistants, they were brought in one at a time, strapped down to the marble table, and they would scream through the entire entire electroshock therapy until they expired or were subject to coma. Two died and six had the coma. And then he just stood around and talked about it like it was a Tuesday or some shit. Oh, well, this experiment didn't go well. So, like... I think, and this is just me trying to see the good, I think maybe he wasn't a piece of shit completely and, like, he was just kind of, like, susceptible to this because of how young he was and how he was taught. Wait. No, no, I'm pretty certain he's shit. I mean, I'm sure he's shit, but, like, I think that, like, also, like, him being taught this and him being shown this at such a, like, vulnerable age didn't help. Probably not. I mean, he was he was groomed in his 20s, but there has exactly. to be something in you. And they keep saying that in the audiobook because he did these things sober when other SS doctors were sending 9,000 people to die a day. They needed alcohol to do this. They, they knew that right. these people were going to die. And he saw worthless lives. Yeah. 
I mean, there's something wrong in your brain. And yeah. Do you think it could be because, like, he grew up on a farm and, like, he saw, like, farm animals? Well, his entire other parts of his family killed no one. Oh, true. They didn't kill anybody. That's they didn't- I mean, I mean, he might have been slightly numb or not numb, but, like. He was a narcissist. He was a, I, there was something wrong with him. He had that pathology yeah yeah like like he first off he's a narcissist and a racist so with the fact that he's a racist he already does not like them so having grown up on a farm and you know being used to seeing living creatures die it's probably not that much of a stretch for him to just be like oh here's this race that I don't like that I think is trash and lower than me. So I have absolutely no sympathy for doing terrible things to them and letting them die. It's fine. I think it's just like it's me trying to see the good in him. Do you know what I mean? Like as hard as it is, is you don't want to, to say that. You don't know, want to wait. Like, let, let me finish. Okay, finish. When I get Go to ahead. the last story, I'll ask you if you still think he's a good person. I don't Somewhere. think he's a good person. I just think that maybe he's not. All right. Well, I'll ask you if he's a monster okay, then. That's but fine. let me get to think the Think about thing. it this way. We learned a lot medically because of him. That's about as good as you're going to get. <laughs> I did pull a silver lining out of this. and I'll, I'll Okay. We're, we just hit sex experiments on my notes. Okay. Well, I'm not a monster because I don't think he's like a monster yet. Don't think okay. I'm a monster. Well, okay. So... We're going to cue the Heilbrun twins. So the only reason, again, that they're alive is because of the experiments. Apparently, he had protected these twins, Stephanie and Annetta, with the intentions of forcing them to copulate with other male twins. So he wanted to test that twins could produce more twins. But he also had them do mass transfusions between the male set of twins to the female set of twins, and they would get very sick. He also planned that if they got knocked up, he wanted to remove the embryos for study for the Aryan birth rate. But what he didn't realize is that when he was starving these older twins, because they were adults, no food means no menstruation cycle. Uh, so they couldn't yep. get pregnant, but they did see one woman manage to get pregnant and she was forced to abort at six months and then was immediately gassed. So it was lucky that these girls didn't get pregnant during the sex trials, but they were forced to load corpses in the crematorium. um, So they were still put to work. These ones also survived when the camp was liberated and they have children of their own today. But he had like a thing against mothers. In one case, he forced a mother, Ruth Alias, to cover her breasts with tape to see how long her baby could survive the newborn without milk. She wound up mercy killing the baby because the baby was growing weak and starving. And a nurse gave her a syringe of morphine so she could smother it with a pillow because she decided that was kinder than watching this baby starve to death. In another case, he stood on a pregnant woman's belly just to see how long it took for the fetus to expel from the body. And there's also uh, an account of him dissecting a one-year-old while it was still alive. Okay, you win. I'm done. (laughs) And witnesses said the fucked up part was he didn't seem to derive any pleasure out of any of these things that he did. It was purely scientific narcissism. There's another sex experiment, too, that doesn't sit right with me. It's from Mahdi Allen and his twin brother. He was nine in 1944 when he came to Auschwitz. And his quote is his story. So, quote from Modi. 
We also had dwarfs. One of them, Mr. Levy, was a quadriplegic. His arms and legs didn't function properly. Then they brought in this Roma woman. She was forced to lay down the, on the floor, and they put the dwarf on top of her and forced them to have sex. They made us all watch, and we were not allowed to move our heads. If we looked away, they would shoot us. Mr. Levy died the next day. Maybe he was ill, or maybe they killed him. What scientific purpose is having no. nine-year-old children watch a quadriplegic woman try to sex a, a regular woman? And then if they looked away, they would shoot them. Yeah, no. He wasn't shot. He had to watch this because so, he must have seen one of the other kids get shot from trying mm-hmm. to look away. What scientific purpose is this? This is not sound there is scientific one. testing for any reason. No. But regardless, like he's killing all these people, right? And what he really wanted was the autopsies. So if, he, uh, if these children and these test subjects were not dying fast enough, these twins, he would inject them with a cocktail of chloroform or fentanyl into the, or fennel into the heart so that their blood would immediately coagulate and cause them to expire. There's an account of him doing this to 14 gypsy twins back to back to back to back. They were in the waiting room hysterically crying and he would call them in one at a time strip them naked and place their head on the dissection table and he would inject them in an arm with something to make them pass out and then he would immediately put the second shot into the left ventricle of the heart and then the nurses said that the kid would twitch once and be dead and then he would call the next one in and keep doing this till all 14 sets of gypsy twins were done (sighs) Mm -hmm. uh He thought that it was so important to have these autopsies of two people dying at the same time that I mentioned earlier, that he had a hundred children shot in the back of the head exclusively just for autopsies. So like, if he was okay with just shooting the kids in the back of the head, why did he then have to go and like inject them with things in the heart? Because I feel like that's like kind of a worse death. Well, my, my, I think there was an even worse death that he did. I mean, that's fair. But no, like, it just it just depended on the day. It depended on his mood. How did it suit him to kill these people for what he needed to to study? I'm not okay with this. He probably just he probably just had like a giant like wheel of fortune and just spun it like, all right, how are we killing people today? That is not okay. Well, I only have one more account of him murdering children. And this one's the worst. This is when I decided I was done with examples. So this is the last one I have. Okay, great. I'm ready. I'm going to (sighs) cry. Okay. So there are several witnesses from the camp that saw Mangala and other U.S. SS officers come up on motorcycles and start circling this fire pit. And then a truck came in and he... The truck had 300 children under the ages of five on these trucks of his things. So then what he did was light the fire and then the trucks would tilt and then they would throw toddlers into this pit to burn them alive. No, 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 no. If they attempted to crawl out of the pit, the officers just took a stick and pushed them back in. Nope. Mm -hmm. Nope. That, that, I was done. I could, that was the hardest one to listen to. Brandy's so done. I'm so sorry, Brandy. Yeah. What does that do? 
Nothing. What does that do? Like that does nothing. Nothing. That way he, they he thought that these kids were too hard to gas because they were too low to the ground. So he just took care of it. Okay, great. So I didn't have time to go over his experiments on transplants, extreme x-rays, head injuries, freezing, malaria, immunizations, epidemic jaundice, mustard gas, seawater, or high altitude. These were just the twin experiments that I went over. Just the twin experiments. I, I have enough here to, el- to like illustrate the demonic nature of these experiments. Yep. And what sucks is when he was, th- when he was sending this information back to Berlin, they were hailing him for all of his hard work on the fatherland. In particular, yep. they were thrilled with his death rate. Can we burn Berlin down? Well, these were Nazis. This isn't all the people in Berlin. This is just I the mean, Nazis. Fair, but and like you got to think too. Like not every not every person's experience was Mangala, but this is just the twin experience. This is such a, a narrow. This is such a small scope of an example. So, but okay. So they were particularly thrilled with him. So they came to celebrate his work at Auschwitz, and there was a rally of 2,000 SS officers in front of some Nazi VIP bureaucrat. So he set up a sideshow of his most precious set of seven dwarves containing a pair of twins named Elizabeth and Pearl. They belonged to a Romanian circus family and the Moscovitzes. Mangala stripped the entire family naked and paraded them on stage and then presented a family tree just to highlight that they were the offspring of degenerate Jewish forebearers. So he had planned with all this praise from Berlin for these experiments that he was doing, that he would have a very strong post-war academic career. But he didn't have any chance to really revel in that praise because he, the, the Red Army was closing in on the camp. So all of these eyewitness accounts would never be cross-examined because Mangala was never brought to trial. He eluded capture um, in the West German <laughs> indictment because... Hold up, what? He, Hold the fuck up. <laughs> no. Mangala had a 10-day head start, and he had no illusions that Hitler would win. So he started packing the gas chamber, ordered his research to be terminated. Even Verschwerer deter- like, eliminated all the correspondence between them. And he escaped and went underground through a, a Nazi protection agency. So he wound up actually being a stable man in Bavaria for the first four years after the war. And then he escaped to Italy. So like stable meaning like what? Like, like he shoveled horse on the poop street for four years. But yeah. I think that's justice. That's not justice. He should have had to eat horse poop well, for four years. So he, he winds up in Uruguay, marries a lady who's also fucked up in 1958, and she gifts bars of soap made out of Auschwitz bodies. Like he just lived his life and got so married wait, to a crazy lady. He can find love after all that bullshit, but I'm yep. still not married. Yep. <laughs> but you're also really young. So do you want to know how, uh, uh, where Mangala is today? Is he dead? He died <gasps> having a stroke him? while swimming in Brazil with his family. No. Yes. No. That is how Mangala died. Did he have children? Yes. Yes. They visited him. <laughs> I think Brandy threw her phone. <laughs> Hold the fuck up. So he killed all these fucking children. Mm-hmm. 
and got to and, live his, out his life how he and wanted. And he got to live and have children. And we're supposed to believe that there's a God. Yep. Mm-hmm. He also raised other people's children. Well, well, <laughs> no, no. Do you want my silver lining? Did he have cancer? No. <laughs> this has nothing to do with how what happens to Mangala afterwards. I had to try to find something to satiate my palate to be cleansed after okay. all this bullshit. I'm ready. So the silver lining is the twins' ethic violations from the war led to rules of ethical conduct for all future scientific studies. So it gained its roots from Greek philosophy and concerns the moral compasses between decide, be- deciding between right and wrong. So all scientific research, including humans, should be governed not only by the individual conducting the research, but also the community and social values. So there has to be multiple so- value systems that are considered. So these experiments led to the Nuremberg Code, which got its names from the Nuremberg Trials at the end of the Second War. There are definitive rules of ethical of ethics to protect human rights when research is being conducted. These things are things like voluntary informed consent, liberty to withdraw from a study, protection from physical and emotional harm, prohibit suffering and death. There must be a risk versus benefit balance, i.e. the subject is always deemed more important than the science. Okay. Um, So there's basically a do no harm. And it comes from this major ethical issues in conducting research article that I found. I mean, like, that's fair. But, like, he still got to live his life. That book is 70% of his life lived after the war. I listened to 12 hours of everything that he did after he left Flood Auschwitz. It's not fair. He liked to go to the, mo- the, the, the movies. He loved to watch classical performances. In fact, he was very impressed by the quality of the culture in Paraguay. Did he ever have twins himself? No. Good. That would have been better irony. I mean, no, because he probably would have done shit to them. He didn't. I mean, he didn't touch his family. They were German. They were pure. They weren't under that worthless life theory. I just think that this is total trash. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to the last three weeks of my life living with this. I am so happy. I am not doing another mass or serial killer for a while. I'm, oh, I'll do them. Because I'm, I'm fine. We got this. But, like, I'm not okay with this. Like, he needed to be more punished. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, so what's our phobia fair. for this? Phobia? I, I think we need the phobia. Okay. Dex, please have a good one. Of being suffocated? If it's not of being suffocated, you're complete and utter trash. How about fear of drowning? <laughs> Ooh, that'd be good. Just hold on. Okay, I'm it, holding. Um, uh, can I let go yet? Acmophobia? The fuck is A- that? A I C H M O phobia. Okay. Fear of needles or pointed objects. I have that. I, I I have that too, and I'm covered in tattoos. I feel like that worked because of like the experiments. So that's what that's fair. Those kids probably had that for the rest of their life after they right. I'm Nike. I love you. Why? Because <laughs> I'm still on the thing. No, but they probably heard that. 
Yep. I heard nothing. <laughs> it's okay. My roommate just got out of the shower and said, hi, I'm Nakey. Well, that is definitely a palate cleanser. <laughs> hi, I'm Nakey. <laughs> a definite palate cleanser. It's fine. All right. You guys want your non-offensive dare? Yeah. Okay, my darling witches, it's time for your weekly non-offensive dare. You must be a Patreon to participate so you can earn points for your house. Each month, the house with the most points gets to vote on weekly non-offensive dares, topics of future episodes, and so much more. Each week, once you've gotten your dare, you must safely and creatively complete a post on social media so that we can see that you've done the task. You can tag us at Twitter at Macabre Academy, or you can tag us on Instagram at The Macabre Academy, and you must include a hashtag with your house name to obtain the points. The world is a fucked up place. These dares are designed to bring silliness and random acts of kindness into the world. You must safely complete your dare. If you are unsafe, your points will not be counted. You can also earn additional points for your house by being the first to submit episode corrections to us at themacabacademy at gmail.com. Also, if we use your ideas or stories in a future episode, more points may be awarded. Let's return to the podcast to see what your weekly non-offensive dare will be. Give me a number between uh, 45 and 88. 69. I hate you. 69? (laughs) Yep. Justine and (laughs) Tiffany both said 69, so fuck you both. (laughs) Okay. Dare is going to have to be interpreted creatively. I can't wait until I turn 69. (laughs) Welcome to living with Tiffany. (laughs) So, so actually it is now 96 because, uh, due to inflation, the price of eating out has gone up. Good book is therapy for the soul. Escape to Soulless, a fantasy world where characters bound by love and desire must rise above to conquer all. Release your inhibitions and explore your sultry side with writing so hot, you'll get chills. Strands of Soulless, rewoven by Cheryl Sukachek. You can find this sexy tale on Amazon and Amazon Kindle now. (laughs) Oh my god, I don't I don't know if that's appropriate to leave in there at all. Hi, we cuss and scream all the time. It's totally fine. You guys didn't even get your dare yet. What's our dare? Because like, <laughs> all right, number sixty nine is to help somebody with a problem. Okay. Do you have a problem I can help you with? 
I have so many. Where do I begin? Same. The question is not what's wrong with us. It's the question is what's right with us. Not much. All right, ladies, I'm I'm done. I need like I I need some ice cream or something. I need to go to bed. Same. I work early. Why you work at one? I work at like four. No, I was agreeing to the ice cream. Oh well, whatever. Fuck you. Okay, ladies. So, hey, what did we learn this week? That people aren't punished in the right way. He should have had like each of his toes cut off slowly and had to eat them. That would have been a good punishment. That would have oh, been bam- bamboo under the nails first. No, I want to cut your toe off very slowly, and then I want you to eat them one by one. What happened? <laughs> Did I go black for a second? You, yeah, yeah, you that's... disappeared. It just said brandy. Oh, fun, fun, fun. Great. Suck okay. Okay, I need to be done. So we're going to... Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Bye. Take care, witches. Have a great week. <laughs> Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Nerdy Witch in partnership with Sound Maiden. We want to thank all of our wonderful Patreons. For updates, please follow the Macabre Academy on Facebook. Remember to like, share, and listen exclusively on Buzzsprout. Soon, we'll be available wherever you listen to podcasts.